on today's Question of Faith. Is it Barbie's world or Ken's world? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. Happy New Year. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. And I'm Maria Wancata, Marriage and Family Ministry Specialist. So Golden Globes, Barbie. Hey, Barbie won. I couldn't believe it. It was great. Um, to, now, I've been a little late to the game on, on the Barbie movie. I actually watched it last night before mm. <laughs> recorded this. And, uh, but you two had watched a while ago, and, and you guys did something this weekend with this movie, right? Indeed. We did. When, did. when did you see the film? And did you see it with your daughter or what? We watched it as a family after Christmas, before Christmas, sometime okay. during break. Sometime during Christmas break. Okay. I waited till it got to Amazon Prime. Yeah, okay. Same. Well, Mary Fugate went to see it with her husband, and I remember she told me about it, and she's like, you have to go see it. So I went to see it by myself. I did not wear pink. I went on a Tuesday night. It was $5 at the Euclid Theater and watched it for cultural research purposes, obviously. Of course. And so just this past weekend, there was the youth ministry conference or youth conference at John Carroll University, CLE 216. Francine and Carrie put that on. And there were about 500 young people there. One of the breakout sessions was led by Maria and myself. And the question was, is it Ken's world or Barbie's world or Barbie's world or Ken's world. Yeah. And in the movie, it's portrayed different ways. In Barbie Land, it's Barbie's world. But then when they, for what, for the reasons, for reasons, they have to travel to the real world where Ken sees that it's Ken's world or it's perceived to be Ken's world, a man's world. Yeah, exactly. And then Ken gets back into Barbie's world and things are all messed up, right? You know, he's he, like, wait a minute, what happened here? Yeah. You know? Yep. What does yeah. he make the Barbie dollhouse, like the his dojo man the, house or something? Dojo. The dojo mojo. Casa house. Casa house. Casa house. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's great about the film is it puts on display this tension between men and women and there's this fight is it is it the who should be, who should run the world? The patriarchy or the matriarchy? And I think Greta Gerwig, who's the director of the film, and she's the one who wrote the film, too. She also did Lady Bird and Little Women. Yes. She's not Catholic, but she went to all-girls Catholic high school, which yeah. shows up in, in, in uh, Lady Bird, which I think is even better than the Barbie film. Yes, that's a great movie. But what it does is it presents an, un, an unresolved dilemma that neither one of those situations works well. So when it's simply Barbie world, it's fake. Right. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't take a real shower. She walks on her toes. It's not how real women operate. Right. The food and drink aren't real. Right. All those things. There's no, there's no sort of semblance of real humanity in it. Right. Correct. Every day so. is perfect. Every day is perfect. Mm -hmm. Until it's not. Until she has the existential crisis and starts to ask the question about about death. Yes. Right. And then they make their way into the real world. And that's run by men, and at least Ken says, oh, I've got to have a horse, and I've got to do all these things that he presumes are the masculine things to do. But what Marie and I tried to show was that from the beginning it was not so, and we reviewed the, the Genesis creation stories of Genesis 1 and 2 and then the fall, but showed that from the beginning that men and women were created in image, God's image and likeness, and male and female, he created them. So we're meant to work together that it's it's men and women working together in this world that God has created for us, and we are made in his image and likeness. And when we are able to uh, complement each other 
in our bodiliness and in our humanity that we actually find ourselves flourishing. And you may say, listener, well, of course, that's obvious. But it wasn't as obvious as you would think. I mean, Maria, share, share that little uh, anecdote that you shared with me earlier this morning about the one teen after. The- so, yeah, so we, we went through in, in the breakout um, Ken's desire to be with Barbie, like he says at the end of the movie, but it's Barbie and Ken. I was created for you. So we teased that out, but also showed how Ken didn't know himself. He didn't know his identity and he needs to know that before he can enter into a relationship, before he can truly love someone. And so we kind of set this up with the teens. We talked through that. And I even gave an example of how, like, growing up most of my life, my friends were guys. I preferred to go play sport. <laughs> you wouldn't have guessed that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a girl, after one of the sessions, came up and she's like, do you really think boys and girls can be friends, can be just friends? The perennial question. Yeah. 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 And I think if if you truly understand how we can complement each other and um, through your own experiences, you can live that out. It's not easy. And maybe at some point someone falls for the other. But if you can kind of push through that and you truly love and respect someone, you can. And it's not always going to be perfect. But yeah. And people who have experienced hurt in their fallenness um, may be very hesitant to trust that that's even possible. But one of the examples that I gave, and Maria actually did a lot with biology and was showing the distinctions between men and women, that we are different, but that our differences complement each other. And she was even talking about that in terms of senses, Mm -hmm. that women have like a, a, a more sensitive ear even than most men. Generally speaking, these aren't like blanket statements, but the example she gave, I was in her office a couple weeks ago. We were talking about something else and she's facing me and I see her phone like turning red and I just see her turn around and look at her phone. I'm like, how did you know your phone was ringing? She's like, I heard it. I'm like, how did you hear that? (laughs) Um, And I, I mean, I listen to a lot of rock and roll growing up, but I still have pretty good ears. And so we were even talking about some of these differences between um, men and women. And I shared with the, the teens that for a good part of my priesthood, I've lived at the seminary or when I was studying at CUA, I lived with all Capuchins, so all dudes. And then when I was living in Rome, I lived with a bunch of priests from all around the United States, again, all dudes. So this is the first time in my life since I was a parish priest that I've had the majority of my coworkers be be female, be women. And one of the things that's very noticeable to me right off the bat is that women are able to identify more emotions in a human face than men can, like twice oh, as many emotions because yeah. of like the maternal instinct, they have to be able to recognize worry, concern, all these things. So I am asked more, oh, are you tired? Are you feeling all right? Oh, you look happy today. Um, and guys, typically don't notice those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. just before the holidays, my, my little dog got sick and I was upset about something that happened to the vet. And Christy Cabanis came up to me and she was like, you all right? Mm. I was like, how did, like, I thought I was hiding that really well. <laughs> yeah. I was like, apparently not. But, yeah, it's the kind of thing that you that guys generally would know. Like, no guy would ever have asked me that question, I don't think. Yeah, and I I try, I think we try to be very clear that, that these differences doesn't make 
like men better than women or right. women better than men, but they're differences that help us work together. Yeah. And that when we work together is when uh, true flourishing can happen for, for everyone involved. Yeah. It was interesting when I was watching the movie, one of the things that came up was um, Ken comes back into the Barbie world and he goes, can I just have one Supreme Court justice back? And, well, we can't do that. Yeah. You know, and so mm-hmm. you could see the thing, you know, power sort of corrupts in a way. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I, I said to my wife, I said, that was true for women forever yeah. until <laughs> until a woman mm-hmm. was named to the Supreme Court and only one initially, you know. And I was like, that's interesting that they kind of flipped that. You yeah. Know, and, they, and that Ken kind of now understands maybe what, what women had gone through all those years, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. When, or when it, when it was the Ken's world and there were all men on, on their little Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. It was the same kind of thing. Right. Right. It's an interesting movie. I mean, yeah, it proposed great questions, and and one of the questions that we received at our second session. So we did the the breakout twice, and it was from a youth minister. She said, "You know, um, a lot of people think that this movie is bashing men. So you know, why why recommend it? Why are we talking about it?" And my response was, "I think it's more nuanced than that. Number one, but number two." It's the most watched film of 2023. And so as a Catholic, um, especially young adult Catholic, adult Catholic, it's important to know what people are watching and then to be able to talk about it, theologically reflect on it, take what's good, like the seeds of the word that are present there, and if there's prophetic voices to be able to hear them and also recognize what's not so good. And then I mentioned to this minister, I said, so then when these young people go home, their friends will say, hey, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to this Catholic conference. Oh, yeah, what did you, what did you do while you were there? Well, we, you know, we prayed, we went to confession, mass, adoration. We also went to a breakout on uh, the Barbie movie. You did? What did you talk about? Well, we talked about is it Ken's world or Barbie's world? And what's the answer? And that's a way that you can evangelize. So as a Catholic, anytime you see a film or watch a TV show or read a book, it's important not just to do that for empty entertainment, but to pay attention and see what's happening there in that art form and then be able to theologically re- theologically reflect on it because that's a great way into people's lives. Yeah. A lot of people won't be going to church, but a lot of people will be watching film. And if you watch the same films that they watch and are able to show deeper meaning than they were able to see upon their first view, you've got an in as an evangelizer. I mean, that's the way it works. I mean, you have to know what's going on in the culture, too, right? sure. in order, one, in order to respond to it when it needs to be responded mm-hmm. to. But then, two, is like to say, well, what you just said a second ago, you know, what's good in this? Mm-hmm. You know, what can we take away from this? What is of God in this in this whole situation? Yeah, and I, I, I gave my own response to the question, too, which I, I do think we have to carefully watch because I, I, I don't think in the movie that any man was portrayed as intelligent. Yeah. Um, they were mostly there for comedy purposes, I think, um, which for young people watching that, I think that sets the portrayal or perception of like all men are are not intelligent. They mm-hmm. shouldn't be in any any uh, positions of, of power or we need to be weary, weary of them. So I suggested that in watching movies like this to to for teens to talk with their parents, talk with their youth minister about it and tease out what is good and maybe maybe what we should be uh, critically e- evaluating. But it's a good exercise because, yeah, it's a popular movie. So mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we watched it as a family, and we all went around and gave our own opinions on it. I saved mine for last so that I wouldn't 
uh, persuade my children either way. But I mean, James, who's in seventh grade, loved it. He thought Ken was hilarious, but he he doesn't have the experiences that like his dad and I do of the yeah, world. Right. So his perception is totally different than ours. For a while in pop culture, it was really true that all men were sort of portrayed as dopes, right? Everybody loves Raymond. Home and oh, Homer yeah. Simpson. Home improvement. Home improvement. For <laughs> Peter certain. Griffin. Peter Griffin. Right. Even even if you go way back. Al Bundy. Al oh, Bundy's yeah. a good one. But even if you go even way back, Archie Bunker. Right. You know, he was supposed to be this you know this dopey racist. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 that show sort of backfired in a way because it turned him into a lovable bigot. You know, mm-hmm. everybody loves Archie Bunker. You know, and so that, we used to argue about this in communications classes. Or so did that experiment fail? Hmm. You know, it was supposed to be a satire on on racism, basically, you know, and, and a bunch of other things, probably as well, but um, but it didn't really work. But you know, it was interesting. Like we, when, like I would tick off all of those things about you know the men are all stupid and these things, and I remember like a bunch of my friends were like, "Wait, yeah, you're right. They are all dumb." You know, yeah. <laughs> I was hmm. like, "Yeah," I said, "We got to do something about that because you know now now it's become you know all men are stupid and they can't do anything right and." Yeah. You know, and, and that's just not true, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when I was growing up in the '80s, my two favorite shows were Dukes of Hazard and Bo and Luke were strong male figures. So yeah. was Uncle Jesse. He was the philosopher, oh. the wisdom figure. I loved Uncle Jesse. <laughs> Even Boss Hogg, as corrupt as he was, was a strong male figure. Yeah. When you think about it, you know. And the A Team. Oh yeah, the Hannibal, B.A. Yeah, sure. Baracus, Face yeah. Man, and there's one more. Yeah, I forget. Guy. I haven't watched that show in years. I loved so. A Team. So. Yeah, I, I wasn't allowed to watch Archie Bunker. I wasn't allowed to watch Three's Company. There were certain shows oh, I wasn't allowed okay. to I think because my – this is very Platonic and Aristotelian, but both Plato and Aristotle will say at a young age, you have to protect what you watch because it right. will influence – so it is – what is – is Barbie PG-13 or R? I don't know. I think it was PG-13. I think it's PG-13, yeah. So it would be the kind of thing that you, you would want to watch with guidance, and, of course, parents are the first and best teachers of their children, so they're the ones who decide whether you watch this or not. But what you did there, Maria, with your family is what my mom used to do. And, I, man, I hated it as a kid, but it obviously formed me. was we can watch this, but we're going to talk about it after. I'm like, oh, man, that uh, sucks. I don't want to talk about this with talk my parents. About it. Just let me watch the movie. Yeah. We do that. I do that. My daughter probably hates it. There's shows that, that, that we watch together. And I'll point out, like, no, that, that's not something that, that, you know, we believe in or anything. Yeah. She's like, oh, really? What? Sometimes she asks me why. Sometimes she's like, oh, okay, Mom. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, rolled her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching The Jerk with Steve Martin. Oh, that's a great movie. My yeah. mom hated it because <laughs> I love I love the part in The Jerk where the guy where the, he's has, he's leaving. You know, he's going to go away. He goes, and I don't need anything else except this pen. Yeah, and I, I need my pen and this knapsack, and that's mm-hmm. all I need. I don't need anything else mm-hmm. except this pen and this knapsack and these juicy fruits, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Making up all that. He just keeps adding things onto it. I was like, it's like the Camino, right? You know, you, oh, yeah. you, you throw yeah. stuff away yeah. as you go all the time because you can't carry it anymore, you know, and then you realize you don't really need that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Well, he, but because he becomes a hoarder at that point because right. he doesn't want to let go of things. There's also another funny scene in that film when, it's the guy looks him up anonymously in the or randomly in the phone book and finds yeah. Navin Johnson. He starts shooting. He goes, he hates these cans. <laughs> and he doesn't realize <laughs> right. that he's shooting him. That's a great – I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah, me either. Right, go and watch that tonight. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so it's good. Yeah, so congratulations to Barbie and the Golden Globe. Yeah. Good for them. And, um, you know, check it out. It's on Amazon Prime now for a small fee. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll probably come somewhere else for not a small fee soon. But uh, – <laughs> 
But it was good. It was worth it was worth, it was worth my Amazon money. I had some Amazon money left. I love that. Mar- Margot Robbie's great. I really liked her in I Tanya. Yeah, oh yeah, she it's was great excellent movie. in there. Yeah. And on my way home, um, on my vacation, I rewatched um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, okay. and she's in there. She plays. Heather Tate is that who it was? I didn't With, see that movie. So Brad Pitt and DiCaprio. It's a it's Quentin Tarantino film, so it's a little bloody, but I think she's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it's violent, it's usually not out of my house. So, yeah. <laughs> I like violence. the Coen Brothers and Tarantino. That's I like the Coen Brothers also, but my wife does not, oh. so I, I have to watch those things by myself, and I have <laughs> limited time to do those things. Uh, that's funny. Uh, movies always good. Um, all right, so uh, let's take a little church search, and we'll also do a little plug here. Uh, you know, Sister Jane Nesmith in the Office of Black Catholics. Uh, Martin Luther King Day is coming up, and so it's a big weekend. And so out at St. Dominic's Church on Saturday the 13th, Father Judy from the Archdiocese of Louisville, Kentucky, is going to celebrate 5 p.m. Mass with Father Tom Fanta, who's the pastor there. Uh, he's going to speak on the impact of Martin Luther King Jr. in the black community. And following Mass, there'll be a shared meal in the school. Um, and guest speaker Phyllis Clips, who oh. we have come to know, is a program associate here for the Office of Black Catholic Ministries. And she's a parishioner at uh, St. Adelbert, Our Lady of uh, the Blessed Sacrament Church. And she's going to plan to discuss the black Catholic experience from a local perspective. That's awesome. And you'll, although she's a parishioner at St. Adelbert, she's almost always at daily Mass at 715 here at the cathedral yeah. every day. Yeah, and so uh, they'll be there. They're going to do that again on Sunday at St. Agatha St. Aloysius. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday here at the cathedral. Um, noon Mass. Noon Mass, correct. And uh, African diocesan praise dancers in the diocesan gospel choir will perform some, some songs of praise. Uh, Jeremy Magnum, a senior at North Olmsted High School, will present Martin, Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Had a Dream speech. And then on Tuesday... Uh, at Elyria Catholic High School, there'll be a prayer service as well. Oh, cool. So there's lots of stuff, good stuff going lots on. Lots of stuff going on. And Sister Jane will be on this podcast next week. So It'll stay great tuned to for her. her we'll, re- we'll, we'll recap that. That's awesome. Uh, let's take a look at our readings for Sunday coming up. The first reading is one of my favorites. So hmm. it's uh, Eli and uh, Samuel. So Samuel's sleeping and God calls him, and he thinks Eli's calling him. So he shows up and says, hey, you called me. And he yet what you talking about, man? I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And then he, two more times he goes back. And I, and I loved it. At one point I had to read this reading. And when he gets up the third time, the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli, he said, Here I am. You called me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Samuel realized that God is the one calling mm-hmm. him. So like, if he wakes you up again... Tell him, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So I just like the exasperation of Eli getting him for the third time, being like, or Samuel getting him for the third time, rather, be like, um, I'm getting tired of you calling me and mm-hmm. telling me that you didn't call me. That's because I'm not calling you. God's calling you. And our lives are sometimes like that, too. We, you know, we think someone else is calling us, but it's God that's calling us. Yeah. I think it shows also, I, I, I like this reading as well. I think it shows God's pursuit for us. Yeah, right. He will continue continue to call us until until we're ready mm-hmm. cool. well i went with the second reading from saint paul to the corinthians and i like it especially in light of um new year's resolutions many people's new year's resolutions have to do with their 
physical health, yeah. not just their spiritual health, but of course, as Catholics, we know those two things go hand in hand. So the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. And then the last line, therefore, glorify God in your body. So we don't believe that the body is just a husk for the soul, but that they work together. In philosophy, we call it the hylomorphic unity of the human person. So when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to sleep, when it comes to our own like sexual chastity, continence, purity, all that stuff matters in, in the Christian life and to pay attention to it and to think that you could somehow skip over those things and just um, my soul's most important that somehow there's an abstraction there. That's actually not true. So um, taking care of one's body is a really important part of also taking care of one's soul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My New Year's resolution is around that. So I'm going to yeah. try to lose some weight again. And that's, that's usually my, my resolution. Worked well one year, didn't work well the next year, but this year it's going to work well. I want to look good for, for a possible ordination in May. And then afterwards, and then afterwards continue right. to look good. And that's what yeah. my wife said. I always said, you know, you're not just doing this so you can look good at, a, at, a, at an event. She said, you know, this should be a life change. And I said, yes, I understand that. And I mm-hmm. said, and so that's what I'm trying to do. So. Mm-hmm. Mine is similar as well. And uh, as healthy as I try to be, I had my physical and my cholesterol is just a little. And I think it's more hereditary and genetics than anything. Yeah, but it, it was a reminder that I can't, I, I have to be strict i have to watch my my nutrition just as much as i exercise my cholesterol is borderline but i i have not gone on medication for oh, it I do not so wanna so if i if i die of a heart attack you'll know why but i i don't <laughs> i had a uh when they took a picture of my heart to see if i had calcium in there and right. and, and everything's clean sure. everything's yeah, same, i'm fine same for me yeah. so but i'd rather i also think I have Eastern European blood, and that's just how it goes. And right. that's, I don't know what I can do about that. And I don't want to just eat fish all the time and <laughs> and lettuce. And it's not like, I eat, you guys see me eat. I eat pretty healthily. You do, yeah. But, Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, I'm a sucker for chips and cheese at a Mexican restaurant, but whatever, you know. In moderation, right? Yes. I also want to enjoy life. Right. You know, right. I want to enjoy yeah, cheese Right. There's also all chips. these family traditions that people have and everything else that, you you know, you kind of throw out the window if, if, if you cut everything out, you know. Yeah, I got to have some kielbasa and kraut and some pierogi sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Not sometimes. all the time, but sometimes. sometimes. That's sometimes. right. Sometimes. There's and some chicken paprikash. Of course. On Sundays. She's Hungarian. That's she what is. Sundays That's right. are for. Yeah. yeah. I, when, when I went to the doctor one year, my cholesterol was very high, which my father's was very high. And I think we share a lot of our, you know, physical things. So um, the doctor put me on a very strict diet for the entire summer, right? And I did not cheat except for once I had a steak that I was not supposed to have, right? But that was the only thing I had. And I go back and my cholesterol went from 224 to 222. Mm. with diet and exercise every day, right? Yeah. And so the doctor looked at me and said, I hate to tell you this. He goes, what? And he goes, it's just your heredity. Yeah. And he said, so we're going to put you on medication. And he goes, that's the only thing that you can do. Yeah. And so he did that, and my cholesterol went down to 150, and it's stayed that way for my entire life now. And, um, and it's a pill diet. It really doesn't bother me. I don't notice any difference. Yeah. And, uh, and my father also had to take it. So I was like, okay, this is just the way we are. Yeah. Um, but I do have to watch diet and exercise and everything else. So yeah. my body chemistry is generally pretty good. My, the only thing that's wrong with me is my weight. And it's just around my midsection. So I'm trying to do that. Diabetes runs in my family. So I mm. need to try to stave that off. Yeah. You know? 
I think it's a balance to know, like, mm-hmm. to know your family history, to know the good ways we can be stewards of our body, but also realize, like, we're not getting out here alive either. Like, sure. we're made we're made for more, so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you'll be back at the end of the month to talk a little bit more about this with the upcoming retreat that you have from Moms yes. and Daughters, right? Yes, yeah. Behold Retreat. So uh, start. we're starting to post some stuff on social media about it. Registration is open now, but we'll be back in a couple weeks to tell you more about it. I, I saw the preview of the video today. It's very good. It's only one minute long, mm-hmm. and it's 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 packed with... with uh, with beauty and, and goodness. Shock full of beauty. And I'll be dropping soon. And then speaking of retreats, uh, so we had an early bird registration up for our spring retreat, I believe land retreat in April. Um, so you get a really good deal. It's like $25 off if you sign up now. Since it's $65, you only pay 40 mm. And um, so it's been a good deal. A lot of people have taken advantage of that. We're going to leave it open for a little bit longer and extend the period just, just a little for folks so if you haven't signed up yet and you think it's too late just keep signing up you can you, you can do it how many can you take um 30 would be a great number but we could take up to 50 hmm. people well, so that's a good, good biblical number too absolutely yeah all right so happy new year by the way both okay. speaking of resolutions happy, happy new, year. new year and uh we'll be back next week with sister jane nesmith and a lot more here on question of faith